How's it going, everybody? Lunch crew here with you. We got Chris and Layton. What's going on, Layton? Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Lunch Crew for our fifth ever episode. And let us know in the comments after checking this out whose intro you liked better. What's up, Chris? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But with my finger on the button, it's kind of yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm 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 not that guy. I'm not Mr. TV guy. Layton's a oh, Mr. I didn't Big... realize I had a TV career before. Yeah, five well, episodes we've done. I'm I mean, you're the podcast veteran at this point, Layton. Well, I have more experience, I think, than you do, but that doesn't mean I have anything on Joe Rogan, for example. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, Joe Rogan, you know, I mean, who's he? He doesn't have a following. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was looking at some of the numbers he might be getting, either if he stays with Spotify or if he leaves. He's doing okay. But speaking of doing okay, it looks like, even though LeBron is already a very wealthy man, <laughs> it looks like he might even be wealthier. Because it appears as though reported by Darren Ravel earlier this week that LeBron James is going to be coming out with autographed cards in Bowman University and possibly other Topps products. Chris, what are you hearing? So, yeah, uh, we've, seen, we've seen the mock-ups. This is way past rumor at this point. Um, the first product is going to be Bowman U, and it's a dual autograph with Bronny. Cool. So, so I, I I can see this. Just imagine if 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 in your world, Cross went on to be a professional athlete, and and Top said, "Hey, Leighton, we want you to have autographs in this product with your son. That would be the best news ever for you, right?" Of course. So I'm saying, no matter how much money LeBron has, he's going to get a kick out of this. It's so cool. Yes, yes. And like like to him, those are going to be his favorite cards. Absolutely. You know? I think it's great for the hobby. The pro is that you get LeBron autos again. Mm -hmm. I've heard the con could be of the product that it's going to make the products more expensive. What do you think? I don't think it's going to make the products all that more expensive because if, if you think about the logistics of putting Le somebody like LeBron in a product, he costs so much. So you can't have more than a few hundred six. You know, a few hundred six across the product, product line, that's going to be a really tough hit. Uh, it's, it's, it's just not going to have, uh, well, first off, they're not going to mark it up much from manufacturer. They're going to send it to breakers and they're going to send it to dealers and hobby shops at, at near the same price it has been. And, um, you know, I, it, it may put some pressure on the price, the price to go up from there, but I don't think it'll be all that much. Cause it's just, it's, it's just one, one really hard to hit cart. Well, I understand what you're saying, mm -hmm. and it may not be much, but I'm a simple guy. <laughs> I understand supply and demand, and to me, the demand will be stronger. What I don't know is what the supply will be. So, Chris, if they make more product in totality and the LeBron's a tough hit, then so be it, but if they make the same number of product that they were making before or similar number. And there's a little bit of an easier chance to hit the LeBron or whatever the case may be. I think it comes down to supply and demand, but I don't think anyone's going to argue that the demand will be higher with LeBron autos mm -hmm. possible absolutely, in various tops products. So with that, we do want to make a side note mention that even though it's a different sport, many people think Tom Brady could even be better than LeBron. 
Absolutely. Uh, and so Tom Brady is going to have some autographs in the upcoming Bowman Draft product uh, featured as a Montreal Expo. Chris, can you let people know why he's going to be in the product and why he's going to be in an Expo uniform? Well, you know, Tom Brady was drafted by the Expos back in the day. Like it, See, Many people didn't know that. I don't think it was ever like a thing. Like Tom Brady was like, yeah, I'm going to choose baseball over football. Sure. But he was drafted. It was the Montreal Expos with that cool uh, logo the Expos had. The the, the, sure. the image they're using. They've already put out the image they're using. It's very retro. The autographs are going to be on card. It's going to have. There's going to be a super fracture of Tom Brady now in baseball. You know, I want to say this about Brady and LeBron being in the products, Chris. Mm -hmm. I think it causes potentially some more fringe sports collectors. Oh yeah. To take notice of a particular product or group of products being produced by tops, you know, and fanatics. Mm -hmm. And I think that that ultimately helps get them in to the hobby and their journey obviously could go a million and one different ways. But from someone who collects, I love it because I want to have, be part of the chase. From someone who's a dealer, I love it because I do think that there's going to be some cool cards uh, that are going to be, you know, going back and forth as far as buying and selling. And as far as breaking goes, whether it be Vintage Breaks or any other breaking company, you got to love this. There's going to be an additional huge chase for your customers to go after. And that's good for business. Yeah, so, I, I don't see a downside. Like, it's, it's, it's a pure win for Fanatic Stops. All right. I agree. But I'm going to throw this out there. And I'm going to give you 10 seconds to tell me what you think about it. <laughs> And if you're watching this later on, let us know in the chat what you think about what I'm about to ask about LeBron James high-end collectors. So do you believe that because LeBron James is going to have, or is rumored to, and it looks likely to have, signed cards in upcoming tops and or fanatics base releases of cards, do we think that that could hurt the existing LeBron James signed card market. And the reason why I asked this is because a lot of people who own LeBron James signed cards and or memorabilia, I believe are happy with the fact that supply really hasn't been going up very much in recent years because LeBron hasn't been signing that much and certainly not at all in any card releases. So Chris, do you think LeBron James signed card market will be affected by these LeBron James signed cards being released by Tops and or Fanatics through their products. Not at all. Uh, I think these new cards will be seen as a different market because uh, it is a different collectible. Uh, playing days, Cav Cleveland Cavaliers autograph will be the gold standard of a LeBron James autograph. You're not going to look at these Bowman U and go, oh, am I going to buy the Bowman U or am I going to buy the playing days Cavaliers? Somebody who is like a... a, a, a Big time LeBron James collector is going to go for that Cavaliers playing days autograph all the time. They will also chase these moment use, and I don't think it will bleed over into the price of that just because there's so many people out there chasing this stuff, and there's such a distinction between the cards. Well, appreciate your thoughts on it, Chris. Please let us know, gang, if you are listening to the Lunch Crew and enjoying our content here on our fifth episode. Excuse me, our fifth episode. Please smash that like button and subscribe and let us know, like I said in the comments, what you think about the upcoming LeBron James autograph cards coming out through Tops and Fanatics.
So with that, Chris, we're going to move into, this is absolutely more of your forte, a little prospect talk as it's now the baseball off season, even though very recent, a lot of talk goes to the free agency market, which we're not going to cover today, but we are going to cover some of what you believe could be some of the prospects you're targeting in the off season. Well, I've, I've got a lot of names I'm targeting um, for this case of simplicity here. I'll, I will stick with two different athletes in the same system at different points in their career. Okay. Uh, the first is more, he's a major league player, is Tristan Cassis with the Boston Red Sox. If you look at Tristan Cassis' second half of the season, you know, he didn't have a good first half, but we see this as players are mature, maturing. We saw it with Julio Rodriguez big time, right? Well, Tristan Cassis went through the same type of sophomore slump. Well, kind of earlier because it was technically his rookie year. He's technically ahead of schedule. But if you look at his second half season, and if you and I realize this is kind of a fool's errand because it, stats don't work that way. If you extrapolated out that second half into a full season, then you're talking about Tristan Cassis for the AL MVP. Now, he's not going to get it because of Shohei Otani, but sure. it, it would be discussed. Those numbers would look something like a 980 OPS, 46 homers. Wow. You know, it 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 would have been disgusting, and you can still buy his top chrome refractor autograph for fifty bucks. That's cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So for full for full, you know, transparency, Chris, it sounds like you own a couple of his cards. Ton, ton. Yeah. I All do. right. Well, I do not. <laughs> so one thing we want to make sure of is when you're listening to this, we're not giving out financial advice. Yes. We're not, not financial. telling you how to. We're not telling you how to invest. We're just a couple dudes. Thinking about eating lunch soon, uh, <laughs> thus the name, the lunch crew. And joking aside, Chris really has a nice handle on a lot of the baseball prospects. And prospecting in baseball is very popular with the Bowman mm -hmm. products, right? With all the different variations and colors, you know, some of the dollars are really big. So what I appreciate uh, is that Chris isn't just touting a name, but he's telling you a little bit about it. Please, though, do your own research. This is by no means a reason why I should go out and buy his cards or any others, but it is fun content to discuss. So who is the other prospect you want to discuss today, Chris? The other guy is a farmhand. Uh, he'll be in double A this year. He spent, he spent last year in A and high A in a couple of, and, and one of the leagues was really hitter, hitter friendly, but still you can't ignore the numbers for this guy. This is Roman Anthony also with the Boston Red Sox. He's, <coughs> Excuse me. He's two years away. And uh, his numbers are just monster to be his age versus competition. Literally three years older than he is. And uh, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what's got you going about him. So let me ask you a question, Chris, because mm -hmm. I don't know, and I'm sure people who are listening might want to know this as well. When someone is at A ball and then they move into high A ball, for those that don't know the minor league mm -hmm. system, you know, single A, double A, triple A, then the majors. Uh, majors being Major League Baseball. Chris, what is the average duration for a prospect to spend in the respective levels at A-ball, then double-A, then triple-A before they enter the majors? So it, it it actually is really nuanced towards the individual player and the individual systems and the, and the strategy of their general manager and player development staff. If a player went through college, you will see a much shorter tenure in each of those stops. Sure, makes sense. If it is a uh, guy that was drafted out of the Dominican at 17 years old, he'll spend more time. However, there have been cases of a guy come up and just find that those leagues were not a challenge for him. 
Um, and also statistics can be really misleading because they can go to a uh, high A Cali, which is a really hitter friendly park. Or if you see down statistics, you got to learn the story of why they're down. He could have an injury or he could just be simply working on hitting the ball the other way. Keep in mind, these minor leagues are, are yeah, they, they, they play to win the games, but some hitters are told to work on hitting the ball the other way. And sure. that, that messes up their numbers. So you have to learn more, more, more of the full story. But you can expect a guy to stay up. Um, if it's a college guy, a half season. If it's a uh, prospect that came in from international ties, it would prob- probably be like a full 196 to 120 game season. Sure. Uh, in each of, the, each of those stops, like a season in, in each. Uh, yeah, no, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. One thing I want to take away before we move on to the next topic on today's fifth episode, fifth of the Lunch Crew, is you brought up something so nuanced and interesting about minor league baseball mm-hmm. that you really have to look deeper than the numbers because these kids are being put in a position to hopefully one day, of course, perform at not only the major league level, make a lot of money. So for the teams that are grooming them, if you see someone, for example, struggling, they might, and I'm just making this up, right? I'm not even going to name a player, but maybe they've been told for their by their coaches for the next five games, we only want you to try to hit the opposite way every time. Not mm-hmm. saying they're going to do that, but it's just, it's, I'm not, Chris, I'm familiar with minor league baseball, but I never thought about it that way. And my old buddy, Scott A, who was uh, here at Just Collect for a long time, you know, was really into baseball prospects. And I feel like he alluded to that years ago. You know, you really have to dive deeper than the numbers. And it's a great point you bring up, Chris. You got to see what's going on, what they're trying to work on for that particular player, um, and so and so forth. That being said, as we move on with the show today, the two cards I chose to offer clearly have already had well-established cl- careers, albeit in different decades and different times. Whereas I'm I'm guessing, because I don't know your cards, your cards you're offering for sale this week are probably more related to prospects. One's a prospect and one's an established star. Great. Well, without further ado, for those that don't know and are just tuning in for the, to the lunch group for the first time, part of our show, we try to offer a few cards for sale. They tend to typically be a couple vintage and a couple modern. You never know. So far, they've only been graded. And for whatever it's worth, many of them have sold through our website at vintagebreaks.com. So it is worth checking out. At the very least, we usually have a rhyme or a reason as to why we're offering them. Great, great. You want to give it a give it a go with your first one? Great. What do you got up there? So Ricky Henderson, the nineteen eighty tops. Oh sure. So uh, this is a card I recently purchased. Uh, I met a gentleman in Hoboken, New Jersey, uh, which is where I currently reside, and we were talking about kind of the eighties, and ended up buying an eighty-five tops Mark McGuire PSA ten from him, which is not an easy card. And he wasn't sure he was going to sell this Ricky. Uh, in particular, this one has really nice eye appeal. Um, you know, he asked me why I thought it wasn't a 10. And so for those that are watching the show, Chris, if you could turn on the camera, I have the card right here. I'd like to move it up. Here we go. Let me get it in the screen. And there we go. See, it's a great example of a PSA 9, really nice centering. But just along the bottom, right about there, you can see a tiny bit of wear on the lower edge. Maybe difficult to see from our video. 
Is that a fish, I, a fish eye in the black? No, it was, uh, well, there was a fish eye in the green, excuse me, uh, just below uh, the green uh, okay. along the black, yeah. but I was specifically talking about, yeah, the wear is right here where my thumb is, and I don't know if he'll be able to see that or not, but it's along the bottom edge. And so I was showing it to him and explaining, you know, why I don't think it would be a PSA 10. And for those that don't know, the price difference between a 9 and a 10 on the Ricky Henderson rookie is astronomical. So I can understand why this gentleman was asking. Anyway, today, uh, the card's available on our site when you consume this video. It's going to be $1,600. And to give you some context, I believe the last PSA 10 likely sold in the fifty dollars to $100,000 range. So quite the difference for a numerical grade <laughs> difference of only one. Uh, we're not claiming this card is a 10, but it is a nice example for the grade. And with the eBay market trading in about the $1,700 to $1,900 range and the last one selling for $18 and change, this is your chance to buy not only a reasonably priced Ricky Henderson rookie, but also one that has really good eye appeal. It's a great card. So my first card is uh, is an Atlanta Brave. It's, it's the guy who I think is uh, going to be an established stalwart of the MLB for the next, you know, 10 years. Uh, it's Austin Riley. It's um, a lo large part of Austin Riley's game gets gets overlooked. He's he's underrated. As as funny as that sounds, he's he's underrated. Um, great glove work. Uh, surprisingly athletic for a guy his size. He's he's a he's a big boy, but uh, he sheds some pounds. He's he's surprisingly athletic. He's very quick over there at third base. Kind of reminds me of Troy Troy Gloss with a little bit with, with more athleticism. Ninety eight Bowman Chrome, baby, love Troy Gloss. Heck yeah, man. This is the 2015 Bowman Draft Refractor in a PSA 10. These are really hard to 10. It's not really refre reflected in the price because it's a low-end card. It's like it's like 70 bucks. Oh, but, oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a low-end refractor, PSA 10. These are hard grades. What surprises people is that Austin Riley came up in 2019 just kind of barely, but yet his first Bowman is in 2015. Austin Riley. Yeah, no, it's very early. Is one of those slow risers through the minor system. It took him a no, while. Listen, very, very cool. I appreciate you offering one of your hometown Brave rookie cards. Um, let me ask you a question, Chris, for the audience and myself included who'd like to know this. What you, you called it a low end refractor. Mm -hmm. What is the difference between a low end refractor and a high end refractor? What's well, ra rarity? Um, pretty much all. I mean, like, you can debate which one you like, the, the visual appeal of the No, best. no, I'm not talking yeah. about visual. I'm saying rarity. Is it yeah. because, is this one numbered? No, this one's not numbered, and refractors came one per one per jumbo pack. And if I'm not mistaken, like six per hobby box. Oh, uh, okay. So let me ask you a question, Chris. At what level or what rarity does that refractor rookie of Riley become numbered? Uh, there is a number to 499 version. I can't remember which parallel. And what color would that? Oh, you don't know the color. Okay. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't know the color, color off him, but the one, okay, the, the number to 125. Yeah. The number one number to 125 is the sky blue and it's different in the non autographs versus the autographs. So yeah. I want to ask you this question because I want to know, and I think the audience might want to know if you had to say, what's the difference in price between this PSA 10, which is about 70 ish dollars. And what's the PSA 10 of the 499 refractor go for? Uh, well, the 499 refractor is actually autographed. So uh, if you want to compare oh, so this one, 
You got to compare right. the, the sky blue so, number to so 125. Different, different yeah, the sky blue number to 125, and that's going to run you around 200 bucks. For one that's numbered to 125, mm -hmm. same card, parallel, this one's not numbered. Correct. Well, for whatever it's worth, I'm just throwing my, you know, I know Chris isn't going <laughs> to like this because I'm not helping him sell his card. Oh, I, I wouldn't buy this card. Yeah. I would buy the card that was numbered to 125 mm -hmm. uh, for, I'm sorry, it was numbered to what? 125, sky blue. And how much do you think it would have cost? About 200. About 200 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. For about three times the amount, I would go for that. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to be accused of trying to hurt Chris's sales, but I just want everyone to know we're not keeping track of dollars, but at the end of the year, whoever sells more cards, the other one is going to lose a big bet. Stay tuned to next week's show for more details. Yeah. You sell that Ricky, and I got, I'm, I'm behind the eight ball. I'm behind the eight ball. You sell that Ricky. <laughs> um, all right. So what do we got next here on the list for sale? All right. We have your other card, and this is the Sammy Ball. Yep, slinging Sammy Baugh has got two rookie cards, 1948 Bowman and 1948 Leaf. If I could, Chris, I'd like to show it off on camera. Yeah, sure. The reason why I'm offering this card to the community is because it's exceptional for the grade of three. As you can see, it's a little bit off-centered, but the corners are extremely sharp. It's got a bright appearance. And the back is very clean. It's not clear at first glance why it is a three. We're pricing it $175, which is actually a little bit less than threes have been selling for. So we're hoping it's going to go to a true collector out there. And I like to offer you a Chris because it was a really nice card for the grade and very affordable, you know, key rookie Hall of Fame card from, you know, a time period in which. You know, for the higher grades, you could spend $500, you know, thousands of dollars. I thought for the grade and the eye appeal for the cost, it was a very nice um, offering. Yeah, I, I can't really, uh, can't really just, I don't, I don't think you can go wrong with, with cards like that uh, of, of guys like Sammy Ball. What Did they call him slinging Sammy Ball like during his era? That's a cool nickname. No, just me. I oh, started okay. it today on the lunch crew. Oh. I thought that it was a cool name. Yeah, no, Chris, it's on his 48-leaf rookie, slinging Sammy Ball. Yeah, that's his new name. I'm going to call him and get him to start inscribing that, you know. I'm going to have to start coming here with, like, different <laughs> things, and you're going to have to say, you know, truth truth or, you know, true or false. <laughs> yeah, sometimes on, on the, when, I, when, I, when we're working and I'm doing the show, you know, you, you're, you're, you're being a little bit catty. You're being a little, a little bit entertaining. And I'll throw out – I'll open a pack, and uh, the guy will have a weird last name, and I'll say, well, this guy is doing, like, something, something somewhere, and, and then I'll go – you know how you can tell when I'm lying? My mouth's moving. <laughs> exactly. So with that, Chris, let's try to sell your card, that your other card. What do you have for sale this week? All right. So we recently saw his brother excel in the playoffs and the World Series. His brother is Josh Young, spelt J-U-N-G. This is his younger brother, Jace. If you were around these two in middle school and you're picking kickball teams, Jace got picked over Josh nearly every time. You know, we're playing baseball, not kickball. Well, I mean, if you play baseball, you would pick Jace over Josh too. J Jace is the really better, is better he just athlete. younger? Well, he's younger, but he's also always been kind of, and and they admit this in like when 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 they've done a few podcasts, and they're like, yeah, this 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 
little punk kid used to, you know, used to roll all the older kids, you know, and uh, whether it be basketball, whether it be football or whatever, both of them were outstanding high school football players. And uh, they chose baseball. Uh, Josh is a little older, so he, he got drafted by the uh, Texas Rangers. Jace with the Detroit Tigers. Jace, Jace is in double A. He's got an ETA of this coming year. Uh, his minor league stats are absolutely nuts. And that's considering that uh, their development years where he's working on things and the stats are still nuts. You know, <laughs> it's like, Jace, we, we want you to hit behind the runner. And he's like, say less and still pops off a nine OPS. <laughs> That's pretty wacky. Uh, what card is this of his? This is the Bowman draft Sapphire, which is in my opinion, like Bowman. I have, I, I used to do back in the Tatis Latimer Guerrero junior era, which it seems odd to call that an era. Cause it was just so short ago. You could actually do the base cards. I don't do that anymore because there was a uh, market decline in base cards, but I do chase the Sapphires instead. So I pivoted from base to Sapphire. So pretty much every prospect I like, I've got a handful of these Sapphires in PSA 10. And Well, I like this one. How much does this one cost? Uh, this is a $50 card. Really affordable. It's PSA right now. 10? PSA 10, yeah. It won't be oh, 50 very, very long. Sure. <laughs> well, maybe I'll buy it if someone else doesn't scoop it up. Um, but I appreciate your insight about how you're picking out Sapphire rookies over base rookies because of production, uh, so mm -hmm. on and so forth. Um, I think it's excellent. Uh, speaking of some of the kind of newer releases, I know we're going to discuss a couple today. The one that I want to really hear about, we'll, lay, we'll save for the second one. But tell me why you want to discuss Bowman Sterling Baseball 2023 again. Because I already thought we did, Chris. We did. We did. We did. It's worth a second look. The product, like, when we did our event, we got to open like a half case of it. Which What you do know, you mean event? What event? Oh, the Vintage Breaks quarterly event. Where we ran our VIP bonus and gave, and gave away a Lou Gehrig, Lou Gehrig 1933 Gaudi. We did. It's a big deal. Event.vintagebreaks.com. It's a thing. We did. So anyway, um, so tell me about what your, your perception was when you opened the, the, the product. So we knew the checklist was strong. What we did not know is that these new designs were just going to look so freaking good. This is, this is the, you know, the Taylor Swift eras tour. Everybody's talking about things in terms of eras now. This is Topps' fancy era. You look, at, you look at Gilded. You look at all these Definitely wonderful, fancy. wonderful classic designs they're throwing out now in products like Sterling. You, you, the, the cards pop. The cards are amazing. They, they've, they've got this black lava parallel in Sterling. It's probably the nicest card I've ever seen. Like we pulled a code. That's cool. Well, it sounds like yeah. you want the audience to check out Bowman Sterling baseball, if not for anything else other than the aesthetics, which I think is cool, Chris, because yeah. oftentimes we're talking about what's it numbered to what's it worth. It's nice to hear you're talking about how cards look. Speaking mm -hmm. of how cards look typically national treasures, basketball, not only looks good, typically sells for a lot, but tell me, is it going to include Wemby the new, like when it comes out, what's the deal? Well, I mean, with the way the cycle goes, we're going to be Wimby, 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 and then National Treasures going to come out, and it's uh, no Wimby because this is the last year's National Treasures. See, not everyone knows that. So tell mm -hmm. everyone which National Treasures basketball class will be included with a new National Treasures basketball coming out soon. So this is the Paolo Banchero class. This is the Jaden Ivey class. So there is a lot of upside in this class, but there's no There light. is, but there is no Wemby, and it's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's just not out yet, folks. Yeah, it's not out so yet. So if you do like that class, 
Make sure you check it out. NT basketball is not for the faint of heart. I feel like it's like oh, high, no. risk, high reward. <laughs> uh, exactly. As you're, as you're chuckling yeah. over there. Um, but make no mistake. It is a great product. And if there's prospects in there that you're chasing, may they turn out to be the next Luca or whoever we think is the flavor of the particular year. Luca is off to a great start. The NBA is exciting so far this year. Celts are off to a nice start. Nick's a little bit of a slow start. Um, but nonetheless, uh, you know, I, I'm excited for the basketball season. How about you, Chris? Uh, I am. I don't watch as much basketball as I do baseball and football, but like the fact that 2022 national treasures comes out right now in the upswing of Wimby mania, like we've seen Wimby mania just take off for these prison draft products. We're a full calendar year away from Wimby Yamba national treasures rp uh, we are so make cards. sure you stay patient stay thirsty my friends stay thirsty At, exactly <laughs> so the last thing that we wanted to cover today uh you know is something that listen doesn't really pertain to the hobby per se it can pertain to the hobby but it has to do with the idea of having gratitude and specifically because we'll try to tie it to the hobby this is a lunch crew after all um hobby gratitude and what I'd like to do, Chris, is, you know, kind of share with you, you know, I'm on a bunch of emails, uh, whether it be self-awareness, stoicism, all sorts of interesting, boring stuff uh, that I try to stay up on. And so I want to share this with you almost like as a little, I don't want to sound preachy, but passage, <laughs> if you will. And you let me know in the comments what you think. But when I when I'm referring to gratitude and specifically hobby gratitude is for example going to your hobby shop or your local card store whatever you like to call it or your local convention and when you're opening up products together alongside of a fellow hobbyist a fellow collector getting excited and authentically interested about what they're doing what they're opening and for their big hit and not lamenting that maybe you didn't get a big hit in yours and listen, the list can go on and on, but let me read to you what I have here. So this is something, of course, that came in yesterday, but, uh, or excuse me, the earlier uh, portion of this week, but we're reading it now. So it says, let's kick off this week with one question. When was the last time you truly felt a wave of gratitude wash over you? Now, in the, take, in the case of this particular show, it might be when you got a big hit out of a box. <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily referring to this uh, or that, but... Let me continue. It says, big or small, extravagant or understated, it doesn't matter. In today's fast-paced world, it's a common trap to zero in on what we're missing. We often get caught in a loop, fixating on the negatives, challenges, pressures, and the endless chase of wants and needs. But here's the thing. Pivoting our mindset to appreciate the smallest wins or simplest pleasures can massively uplift our mental state and overall life satisfaction. Carving out moments daily to meditate on the people we meet, the experiences we encounter, and the everyday joys can amplify happiness, forge stronger bonds, enhance both physical and mental health, slash through stress like a hot knife through butter. Gratitude isn't just a practice for me, obviously the writer, the author, it's a strategic part of my daily playbook. Consider this, every high achiever and entrepreneurial spirit you admire has gratitude woven into their daily routine. It's an incredible tool to disconnect from the constant barrage of notifications and the digital buzz that's become our world's background noise. Catch you on the flip side. So what it all in all is saying 
is kind of what I just alluded to a minute ago. Whether it be you're going to your local card store. How about maybe you're teaching your son or daughter about to give back. So you're going to a convention and you give away a free pack of cards or some extra cards that are doubles or duplicates in your collection. Or maybe you can see someone struggling and walking away because there's an admission to a card show and they can't quite afford it. And you talk to your, you know, you get your son or daughter to tug on your, your jack and say, hey, mom or dad, you know, I don't know if this individual can come inside or they can't afford a snack, whatever the case is. My point is, is that not just um, having to do with our hobby, but if you can have gratitude and show kindness towards others, forget about it coming back to you. It's all about filling other people's buckets. Because by filling other people's buckets, you're going to fill your own. Of course, it's a cute little book that I read with my son, but I really love to see more of that throughout the hobby. And so one of the ways that, you know, we do that is we give away, for example, an incredible amount of stuff through Vintage Breaks, our sister breaking company, not just through purchases, but also through just by watching us. So if you do get a chance, this isn't a plug for Vintage Breaks, although it is turning into one at the moment, <laughs> check out our live stream, which is seven days a week at youtube.com slash Vintage Breaks. But figure out for you and yourself how you can show some gratitude this week, whether it be the really nice person at the bagel shop who always shows you a smile, giving them an extra tip, or bringing in a dozen bagels you know, to work. And people might ask you, like, why'd you do that? Because I just wanted to. So try to... Have some gratitude in an amazing space, what we call our hobby, this week. And we're going to close with by having some gratitude of our own. And Chris, with the upcoming holiday season uh, uh, arriving, what we're going to do is we're going to give people a week's notice. So on next week's show, because it will be live, we're going to give away a $150 gift card or, you know, call it credit to our Just Collect eBay store where you can either buy a card or several cards for that $150 if you are lucky enough to be a winner, or you can use the $150 if you are lucky enough to win towards a more expensive card. Either way, we're going to give away a $150 eBay credit to our Just Collect eBay store. If you'd like to check it out, you can find us on eBay by looking up eBay seller, just underscore collect. And with that, Chris, I'd like to see or hear your thoughts on hobby gratitude and what it means to you. You know, like, uh, um, like it's something I saw this week, you know, for, for the viewer, and I spent the weekend up in New Jersey with the team, and uh, every time you came in, you brought food. So I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's easy to have tunnel vision and to focus on your goals and ignore maybe the uh, the goals and the um, the people around you. I find if you're more sensitive to it, 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 it makes you just have a more fulfilling life. You know, it, it, it really speaks to me personally when I'm able to offer some assistance or even just encouragement. You know, uh, um, I, I do keep my circle kind of small, but uh, even to people outside your circle, I think is the key. Um, I, th I think, and I, I don't want to go like religious or anything or, or, or anything, but uh, a good quote I like is uh, what you've done unto people. And, and it uses in the translation, it uses the word the least of least of people, but like it can also be looked at as people you don't know. You have also done unto me, you know, and that's, that's a, uh, a quote that I, that, that I think that um, the world would be better if people observed a little more. Well, with that, 
Fill your, excuse me, fill someone else's bucket, and in turn, you'll fill yours. That is the fifth episode of The Lunch Crew. Thanks for tuning in.